0: Well, good morning, Mount Zion Church, everyone online. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet this morning and worship the Lord. Joy. I tried to get it warm in here. I don't know. It's been on for almost two hours, and it was still like 64 degrees, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, but I hope you are warmed up a little bit today. God bless you. Wonderful. God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen, amen. Just a couple of announcements. First of all, we still have some more cards back there for you to hand out and invite people to church for this Christmas. And at the end of the the month, we have uh, Christmas Eve. We'll be here on Christmas Eve day, just like the normal time at 10.15. And then the following week, you can see in your bulletins on December 31st, that will be um, downstairs at 10.15. That's New Year's Eve day. And so we'll be downstairs. We'll have breakfast. We'll have worship. We'll have communion together. We'll have a a short message. It'll be a great time. For us all to be together. So that's really, and oh, Wednesday nights, we are on hold until January. So please make a note of that. We were not doing our Wednesday night adult Bible study, but Jerry Windsor is still doing downstairs at 9 a.m. And you can always hang out with her on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. It's a great time. Am I forgetting anything? i I got everything, right? Okay. Well, yeah, Deb, we good? Okay, Deb says we're good. So why don't we all stand and take five whole minutes. Okay, take four minutes and 15 seconds. I'll give you 15 seconds to get back to your seat. And then go ahead and meet and greet one another in the love of Jesus. (laughs) Maybe. you got to start that countdown right away, Colter. Otherwise, they'll take advantage of it. Over. Check one, too. You owe me a pizza, Debbie. You're the last one. That's what we'll do. If you're the last one to sit down and meet and greet, you owe the pastor a pizza. Well, I like the idea. <laughs> that, and if your cell phone goes off, I get a pizza. Well, at Christmas time, I should get a pumpkin pie. There you go. I get a pumpkin pie. And if Betty, if you're watching, I haven't got one in the mail yet. Waiting for my pumpkin pie. Well, God bless you this morning. I've asked Bob to pray over the offering, but I just want to remind you during these holiday seasons, it's always, always difficult uh, to pay the bills during this time. People are tr- struggling during these times, but God is our provider, and uh, he will always take care of us no matter what. And so I just encourage you to think about and pray about your end-of-the-year giving, and just continue to worship God in the appropriate way you do with your offering. So go ahead, Bob, I'll turn it over to you.
1: Good morning, church. Good to see you all. Lord, it's your season. Your season's all the time, Lord. All year around 24, 365, 24, 7, 365, you're inside of us, Lord. And I pray during this season that, uh, Lord, that you put a heart of generosity inside of us but also a heart of no fear either lord god that you're in charge of our finances that you take care of us lord god and that our real job is uh, once we got you inside of us it's just to execute uh, your commands lord god and one of that is being generous supporting the church supporting each other not only spiritually but with prayer but also with our resources which includes our time and also the resources that you've given us Lord, we're so thankful we can rely on you, Lord God. We're so thankful we can trust you in everything, Lord God. Give us that spirit of submission, Lord God. Give us that spirit of freedom where we hand everything over to you, Lord God. And therefore, whatever comes in goes out, Lord Jesus. We love you so much. In the name of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Bob. Probably my favorite Christmas song that we do. Why don't we stand as we worship the Lord continually, whether it's with our tithes or offerings or whether with our fellowship or with our song. This morning, let's worship the Lord in everything we do.
2: Silent night. E ah, becomes free. Hell ashamed. Bill. Present.
0: So much for your provision. We thank you, God, for moving in our lives. But, Father, we have requests today. We, we pray comfort over Jeanette today, over the loss of Brent. Father, we pray for peace and healing over Eva's body as she gets ready for this surgery this week. Just pray you bring her peace to her mind, healing to her body, comfort to her soul. Pray continue the healing for Denise as she's recovering. And I know there are many others that are just dealing with the coughing or colds today. And so, Father, we ask you to move among your people. Present people to us that need to hear the gospel this year at Christmas. Put them on our hearts. Help us not to pass over our assignments that you have given us. To go into all the world and share Jesus. Father, equip us to spread your word, to spread your gospel. Father, we thank you for today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. Let us take it to heart this morning, Lord Jesus, that no one is promised tomorrow, but you hold it in your hand and that you take care of us and that we have nothing to worry about for you care as much for the birds and take care of them. You'll take care of us. We thank you for your reassuring word today, God, that reminds us that you have it laid out. You have the plan laid out and that, Father, we just want to be in your will. We don't want to make a plan and and then ask you to bless it. We want to be on your plan, God, and be blessed. So help us to increase our faith and to rest in your assurance that you're still in charge and still on the throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, I, this holiday season, I don't know about you, it just seems a little crazier than normal. Or is that every year? Do we say that every year? Do we do? We don't? It seems a little weird. Maybe it's because we're out of the pandemic stuff, and we're like, Christmas! Maybe we're doing that. I don't know about you, but you walk into... I, I walked into the stores like a month ago and was hearing Christmas music. And I'm like, oh, gosh, please. And my wife was watching Hallmark movies, so that was a lot of Christmas music. I mean, it just seems like it's everywhere. It's so funny that that... All these secular industries have no problems playing Christmas songs. But talk about what Christmas really is all about. Hey, we don't do that. My favorite one, this is how I know. I can tell you it's Christmas in in my heart. It's Christmas in seven seconds. It takes seven seconds for me to get Christmas in my heart. This is how it it works. Just like this.
3: Chestnuts roasting on your...
0: That's all I need. I hear that. It's Christmas. It's the sounds. Of, how about all those songs with the jingle bells in the background? Okay, you could put jingle bells in the background of any song, and you'll think, hey, that's a Christmas song. You know, it just every sound of Christmas is out there. I, I, uh, I love, um, oh, uh, Darlene Love's version of, uh, well, dun, 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 dun. I can't remember the name of the song. What is it? Nobody knows? Okay. Anyway, that song they used to do on David Letterman. She used to come on his show all the time and sing that song that Darlene does. And, and then it was the DJ. I can't remember his name. He passed away a few years ago. The famous knock the meatloaf off the top of the Christmas tree with a football. And that was Christmas tradition for me. So I love the song, Chestnuts Roasting on a Fire. It's called the Christmas song. I just love that song. There's a feeling that makes you want to sit by a warm fire. You just hear that sound. You hear Nat King Cole's silk smooth voice going right through it. And it just makes you feel... I don't, I don't think I've ever had chestnuts open on a, roasting on an open fire. Has anybody had chestnuts? Oh, there you go. We got one. We got one. It, I, I, but I love the song. And it just reminds me so much... Of Christmas. So many things are important to us of what we hear. There's nothing better than hearing kids laughing. You ever hear a baby do that belly laugh? You know that it's just it's just the cutest thing. Look at you all just smiled and all I had to say was that. Sounds mean something. You know it's interesting it was so hard for me to minister to Richard Stoltenberg when he had lost his hearing. Because you might lose your sight, but losing your hearing disconnects you from people. There's something in a connection of hearing and sounds. Smell is always, uh, deals with memory. You know, you can walk into something and smell something and go, oh my gosh, that reminds me of. And songs will do the same thing, right? You'll hear an old song from maybe high school and think of somebody or some event. The Apostle Paul, tells us that even faith comes by hearing, and that's true. Music is an incredible way to communicate theology. I used to tell worship leaders when I would go to seminars and teach on worship that if the temple of rebuilding the temple of God is perhaps worship, because that's what the temple was for. Now, I believe that there is a literal temple that needs to be rebuilt before Jesus comes back, but don't get me wrong— I also believe that worship is the building of the temple of God. And if that's true, that means worship leaders are the foremans of the job. They're the bricklayers. And if that's true, you better have your theology together. Because no one will go out this morning, today, humming my sermon. You won't. But you might walk out chestnuts roasted on an open fire. Or he's a good, good father, right? You might hum that when you walk out. So you better make sure your theology is good in the songs that you have people sing because it'll go through their heads. I think of Heart the Herald Angels Sing. This is a great theologically sound song. Maybe. Listen Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King. Good. Peace on earth. Mercy mild. Yeah. God and sinners reconciled, right on, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. You know what's interesting? There isn't any music in the Christmas story in the Bible. We have tons of psalms that David writes to the musicians which were songs but there's no bible christmas song scripture even says this that the angels were not singing it says in it says that in scripture that angels were praising and saying luke chapter 2 verse 13 says and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude the heavenly host praising god and Saying glory to God in the highest heaven. The angels or heavenly ar- uh, angels were this army and they were praising and saying. Now, praising the anio means speaking of excellence of God, much like God speaking creation into existence and calling it good, the angels were continuing to celebrate God's goodness as a foretaste of a new creation. Something new was happening. And when God said, let the earth be created and let man be created, and boom, 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 and everything kind of happened, the angels were saying, they were proclaiming a savior is born and something new just like in creation is about to happen. Do you hear what I hear? What might God hear in your prayers? But how about this? What should we hear from God? I remember that was one of the hardest things for me to learn as an early Christian. I was really good at talking to God, but I was really lousy at listening to Him. And it's interesting how it needs to be both ways. Do you hear what I hear? Do you say what I say or do you hear what I hear? What should we hear from God? For example, God hears our cries for freedom and deliverance. But do we hear God's call to offer deliverance to those held captive all over this community? So if you have your Bibles with me, turn to Isaiah. It's on the left hand side. Go to Psalms and turn left. Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. In my Bible, the New King James, it has that little heading there, and it says, just like up here, it says, the servant of the Lord. The servant of the Lord. And through his prophet, Isaiah, God is now going to speak. He says this, the servant of the Lord. Beginning in verse 1. Behold, my servant Whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. If you're reading from the New King James, like we are, at least today, if you look in the King James Version, the New King James and King James, where it says servant, it has a capital S, a capital. So the translators believed he was speaking, Isaiah, God, through Isaiah, speaking about Jesus. He's speaking of deity, not all commentators agree with that, but that's okay. I don't agree with all the commentators either. So this is Jesus, and we don't have to turn to some commentary really to find out. All you have to do is turn to Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. This is so cool. This, I know there's a lot of Bible today, but if that's the worst thing, if somebody says, man, the pastor read a lot out of the Bible today, if that's your worst complaint, I'm good, okay? <laughs> I had to read a lot of Bible, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 9. Now when he had departed from there, meaning Jesus, he went into the synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And he asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? So look out, Jesus. It's a setup. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Verse 11. Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Verse 12. Of how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Verse 13. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him. How they might destroy him. How dare he heal somebody on the Sabbath. Verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. And the great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. And yet he warned them not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen." My beloved, whom my soul is well pleased, I would put I will put my spirit upon him. And he will declare justice to the gentiles, and he will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and his in his name gentiles will trust. He's quoting Isaiah chapter 42 right there, and it applies to jesus don't need to go outside this biblical record to see that the servant of isaiah 42 is indeed jesus the messiah he became the servant not only by god's choice but by his own choice he humbled himself jesus was fully god and fully man at this very same time i know god's math is not our math although common core is not my math either but i don't i can't figure out that stuff And God's math I can't figure out either all the time. He became his servant. If you read Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7, Paul says it this way. Let the mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming to the likeness of man. That's Jesus. Paul wants us to be like Jesus. Be humble like Jesus. To be willing to serve like Jesus. Jesus encouraged his disciples in Matthew chapter 20. Jesus called them to himself. He said, hey guys, come here. Come here, listen. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. The rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. So these people are being constantly belittled. They're being constantly demeaned by the rulers and the leaders of the people who have authority over them. And yet, Jesus says in verse 26, yet it shall not be among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Once again, Jesus always makes it harder (laughs) than we think. We want to be great in the eyes of God, in the kingdom of God. I want to do great things for God. I hope you want to do great things for God. But the way to be great among those things of God is to do what? Serve others. Do the the lowest thing. Those would be first, would be last. Last would be first, right? Serve one another. Do we really wake up in the morning saying, who can I serve today? Do we seek those opportunities to serve him, to serve those around us? I mean, think about it. Are there people that even have a clue of what real Christianity is? Because we don't see a lot of Christians serving. God says, I will put my spirit upon him in Isaiah chapter 42. And I can't think of anything else but seeing Jesus in the river Jordan with his cousin, John the Baptist. And John tries to stop him and say, no, I, you should be baptizing me. But it's recorded that, that Jesus said, no. No, you need to do it. The Lord's ministry style was going to be radically different than anything people were ever used to. Being a Christian is a radical thing. It's going to go against what you think, what you believe, and what you know in your heart. It will go against it. That's why it's so important to have the word of God. Because the heart of man is deceitful. Because we can be manipulated. That's why pastors have the overseers, they're called. We are held to a higher standard. I'm going to be facing God one day, not only with the mess I make of myself, but he's going to say, what did you do with the people you I you put in front of you? What did you tell them? I gave those sheep to you. What did you do? One day. But we will all have that answer at some point, to answer to God. And it will be radically different than you think. It's said here that Jesus will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. He's going to be humbled. He's not going to go out and seek large crowds, but large crowds are going to go seek him. We read several instances in the New Testament where Jesus needs to retreat from these large crowds. It's almost like they must have just drained him. He gets away from these large crowds just to get some peace and quiet and get some alone time with his father in prayer. But he did come preaching the truth, Jesus. Jesus. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But he wasn't being boisterous at the same time. He wasn't being boisterous about it, but at the same time, he must have been very persuasive. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 how we are to persuade men. We need to be able to give an answer when someone asks us a question. If someone came to you and said, why is Jesus so great in your life? How important is God to you? And why do I need to think about God? And is he important to the world too? Do you have the answers for those who will ask? We have to be prepared to persuade people that Jesus is not only real, but guess what? He's coming again. And he won't come in a little manger. And he won't be like a little lamb. He's coming like a lion. And he's going to judge He didn't come in. Jesus didn't come and say, "Look at I am so great; you should listen to me." He could have, but he didn't. It said in John chapter eight, verse fifty, he says, "I don't even seek my own glory." He came to do the will of the Father. Not amazing? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Oh, this is him. I'm doing this for my dad. Jesus didn't arrive in some first. First century limousine. I have no idea what that line means, but it sounded good. He arrived on a donkey. Their king, our king, came humbly, lowly, gentle. And yet even though he was gentle and tender, it doesn't negate the necessity for us to be obedient to his word. His grace does not nullify our responsibility to Jesus. We must obey our king and do what he says. Now let's go back to Isaiah chapter 42, this time in verse 5, continuing on. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Verse 6, I the Lord have called you in righteousness and I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles to open the blind eye, to bring out prisoners from prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, The former things have come to pass and new things I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. Jesus said when he was, when, when, when John wanted to baptize him, Jesus said, permit it to be now, not, he said, permit it to be so now so we can fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was concerned with right standing with God. And he continues for us to be in right standing, to walk in righteousness. In John chapter 5, verse 30, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Because of his righteousness, we enjoy the new covenant, the new contract, the new promise from God. We read about it in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, where it's a direct quote from Jeremiah chapter 31 that we did last week. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God says through Isaiah, I'm going to make a new covenant. Jesus himself, himself was our, is our covenant. Verse 7 of Isaiah 42 talks about the blind being given sight. And it's true in a physical sense, but in Luke chapter 4, we read of a blind man being healed and of his blindness, and Luke quotes from Isaiah saying, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 61. So it's not just a physical thing when Jesus came. He preached the will of his Father. He introduced us to the gospel of the kingdom. But he removed spiritual blindness from this people, from us. And he healed us of our spiritual sickness, which was and is sin. He delivered us from the prison of sin on the cross. This is the fulfillment of those wonderful Old Testament prophecies. God warns against idolatry in verse chapter 8. I mean, in, in, in verse 8 of, of Isaiah 42, I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved imagery. You go back to the Ten Commandments, remember that? You will serve no other gods before me. And yet Israel, 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 time and time again walked away and worshiped other idols, and became like the world. Look, if you ever feel like you're getting, you don't feel any different as a Christian from the rest of this world, go back to the Old Testament scriptures and read about the Israelites, and you can see they didn't realize it either. It's so easy to get caught up in this world, caught up in self-help, caught up in everybody gets a trophy. Caught up in everybody needs to feel good. Caught up in, well, that's my truth, and your truth is your truth, and my truth is your truth, and whatever. And they just make stuff up. It's whatever you identify as. It's whatever you, oh my gosh, and and if you you say something wrong, then they're traumatized, and their feelings get hurt, or as Brenda says, their feeling gets hurt. And sometimes we lose sight We lose sight. We're Christians. We're Christ followers. We need to be different from the world. And we find ourselves worshiping the idols of this world so easily. Time after time, Israel served false idols. Put no other gods before me. We see in the New Testament writers dealing with idolatry as they talk to Gentile nations who were coming out of real idolatry, who were coming out of worship of Diana and other false gods. And the Israelites, to their credit, after they came out of Babylonian captivity, did not return to those false idols. Now remember, anything you put before God is a false idol. Now I'm not saying, like, okay, here's where it gets weird. I'm not saying, like, if you're sick, don't come to church and get everybody else sick. Your flu is not an idol. Okay? What we're talking about is Look at your calendar. Look at your checkbook. Those, if, they're, if, they're, if the more time and more money is spent on those things than on God, then you've got idols in front of God. Those are your priorities. Now, I'm not saying you have to, you know, if your house payment is, you know, 50%, you're, then you have to give more than that to God. I'm not saying that. But where's your consistency? I know people, I know people that that, man, they got perfect credit. I, I have a friend of mine seriously has perfect credit. And all I could think about is, do you have perfect attendance in church? Do you have perfect tithing record with your church? Because you're awful excited about your credit score. But are you worried about your rewards in heaven? Are you worried about your consistency with the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you just more concerned about the things that that you want, the things of this world? Well, then those are idols. So it's no surprise that Paul says covetedness, meaning I want that, I've got to have that, I need that, is idolatry. We need to make sure that God is the first and foremost position in our hearts. He says in verse 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass, new things I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. It's so cool. There's proof. And this is why reading the scriptures will increase your faith, because there's so much proof in prophecy. Whenever you read something that was 700 years before Christ, and that Isaiah's talking, God is speaking through Isaiah 700 years before Jesus Christ, and he's nailing it on the head, and Jesus is quoting Isaiah. There's a lesson in Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal because their God was probably asleep, or they couldn't hear him. Idols are non-entities. They are not gods. They are false gods, but God, his word is true. Our God speaks. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through giftings. He speaks through his word. He speaks through others. He speaks through sermons, through scripture. Their gods were false. His prophets give us the information that we need. We see the fulfillment of their prophecies in the New Testament. And when we talk about Isaiah, we see the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecies time and time and time again. When Jesus came, he brought with him the new covenant. And it was ratified on the cross. And Isaiah talks about this new thing in verse 10 sing to the Lord a new song and his praises from the ends of the earth you who go down to the sea and all of that is in it you coastlines and you inhabitants of them you've learned about God sing his praise you've obeyed God sing his praises does he make you happy? sing his praises James chapter 5, is there anyone among you cheerful, let him sing. Psalm 98 talks about this new song. And you know what the new song is? It's your song. Yours is the new song. You know, every person is different. Just like snowflakes, right? God makes all snowflakes different. And when you look at this word for singing a new song, it's an individual, special, unique. No one else can do it. Only you can. That's why the Bible says make a joyful noise. Don't worry about it. Sing unto the Lord. It doesn't say sing unto the Lord when your voice is good. It says sing, Lord, a new song because he's done marvelous things. For his right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of nations. Saved people who really appreciate their situation are happy people. And if you need to see an example of that, then go hang out with Susan for about 30 seconds. And she'll tell you right off the top of her head, something today that's different than yesterday, that she's happy about. Right? (laughs) Saved people are happy people. And what greater privilege could come with the opportunity to express that feeling to our Father? Sing a new song. Sing your song. And do we mean it when we sing it? Do we really mean it to our blessed Redeemer? Because if you're not meaning it, it's just ritual. And ritual without righteousness is an abomination to God. It's just walking through it. When we sing praises, we better be praising Him. When I hear people sometimes want to clap for the Lord, they, do, they worry about other people. And you've heard me do this all the time, right? They go, listen, if you're going to applaud for the Lord, you give Him your praise. Don't just golf clap God. When we sing praises, it should be from every fiber of our being. And that's the sound of Christmas we should all hear. If you're not ready to go there, all right. But make yourself ready. Maybe today is the day you need to repent from whatever sin you've been holding back from. Maybe there's something you have to submit to him. The Bible says to present your whole body as a living sacrifice. Maybe there's something, and it says that is wholly unacceptable to God. It's your reasonable service, the Bible says. That makes sense. If you're here today and you need the prayers of the church to help you back on track, to help you overcome sin, anybody here would pray for you. If you're not yet a child of God, if you're watching online or you're here today, it's very simple. Repent. Stop trying to do things your way and find out what God's way is. Say, God, I'm going to walk your direction and not mine anymore. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you, and when I say give my heart, I'm not talking about the thumpy thing. I used to say this all the time. I haven't said it in a long time. When I was in children's ministry, I used to tell kids to ask Jesus into their artichoke. And if you look at an artichoke, all those things, those leaves that you grab and you dip them in mayonnaise, and what do those things come out of the heart? It's the center of the artichoke. All that comes out of the artichoke is in the heart. All that comes out of us is in our heart. It's the center of who we are. It's what comes out. It's, it's not the thumpy thing. It's the, like the heart of the matter. So when you ask Jesus into your heart, you're saying, Jesus, come into the center of who I am. Come into where everything comes out of me. Be in the middle of my life and everything I think, say, and do. That's coming to God. That's becoming a Christ follower when you can get rid of the old life and walk in the new. If it's okay, I'd like to close in prayer. And if you could remain seated, I'm going to ask Bob to, to come up in a little bit, right after close of prayer, if that's okay. Um, Father, thank you for your son. Thank you, God, that you've put a song in each of our hearts. Now I pray during this Christmas season, you just stir it up and it comes out of us. Help us be mindful of what our ears hear. Help us be mindful of when we listen to you, God. And then help us, God, to walk in all righteousness, to be like Jesus, to be humble, to be the servant of you, Father. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Help us, O Lord. We are a weak people, but with your Spirit in us, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. You will give us no temptation that we can't resist. God, you will heal us of anything emotional or or physical in our bodies. That God, we believe that when we listen to your word, when we read your word, it increases our faith. And Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear those that need to have this message of the gospel. Help us to have an answer for them for the time is running out and there is a sense of urgency at least I feel in my soul an urgency that we are running out of time until Jesus comes back and will judge this world and we have many people we're responsible for to share that gospel message enable us by the power of your Holy Spirit and just be who you are God still on the throne and still in charge in Jesus' name, the church said, "Amen, Amen." If you guys would, well, go ahead and give them a praise, Andrew. You can. Uh, I just want to take a moment. Some of you may not. Some of you may have received this in the mail. Some others. So I will read it so that those online as well um, who maybe aren't part of our church uh, may not be aware of this. This was dated on December sixth this year. Uh, beloved congregation of Mount Zion Church. The third chapter of Ecclesiastes reminds us of an unchanging truth. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. For the past 12 years, I have felt called by God to serve as the senior pastor of Mount Zion Church. Not only have I felt called by God to serve here at Mount Zion, I have also greatly enjoyed the privilege of serving as a pastor to this wonderful community of faith. Life, however, is never static. Change is inevitable. God continually calls us to new challenges, opportunities, and adventures. On November 24th, I met with the people of Richmond Assembly of God in Richmond, Missouri. On Sunday, November 26th, the congregation voted for me to serve as their new senior pastor. After much prayer, thought, and consideration, I have decided to accept the call to serve at Richmond Assemblies of God. In consultation with the Mount Zion Church Board, my last Sunday worship here at Mount Zion Church will be Sunday, December 31st, 2023. Paul opens up his letter to the church in Philippi with these words, I thank God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. Admit all the varied emotions I am currently feeling, I am definitely experiencing the joy felt as he wrote to his beloved congregation. It's impossible for me to express how grateful I am to God for the privilege, for the pleasure of serving as your senior pastor. I believe God has truly blessed our ministry together. My family and I have been so richly blessed through this loving, nurturing, and supported faith community that is Mount Zion Church. The relationships we have formed have enriched our lives and allowed us to love, to be loved in the most profound ways. One of the most important things in life is saying goodbye in healthy ways. I want to do this very intentionally in the coming days. As I said earlier, Mount Zion Church has truly been a blessing in my life and the life of my family. We will miss you dearly. Thank you for welcoming us into your church family. Thank you for the 12 years of serving, laughing, crying, and doing ministry together. And thank you for sending us off with your blessings. Pastor Eric, I will miss you. This was not on my radar This happened in a four-week period. I did not put my resume out to a bunch of churches. I put it out to one church. One. I turned to Debbie after I had a meeting with Bob. Bob and I had lunch together. Bob just said a simple question. What do you think God's been telling you? I said, persevere. And he goes, yeah, God's been telling me to just keep doing what I'm doing. And I said, yeah. I hadn't even thought about anything. I went home that day. I turned to Debbie, and I said, if you could go anywhere... To have a church anywhere, where would you be? She goes, other than San Diego? I said, yeah, other than San Diego. We're not going to San Diego. And she said, I'd want to be near Maverick, our grandson. And I said, well, I've never even looked. So I started looking in the southern Missouri thing, and everything was five, six hours away. And I went, well, okay. And then I looked at northern Missouri. Third one on the list was less than an hour from Alicia and Dominic and Maverick. Or, as I like to say, Maverick and his two roommates. So I called because it was an old listing from back in May. And they said, yeah, we're still looking for a senior pastor. And and typical, just like the first time I called Bob, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll send my resume. And he goes, well, well, you got a second to talk, pastor. And for 45 minutes, we were on the phone, similar to the first time I talked to Bob. And uh, it just went easy. I sent my, I, all I did was look at my resume. I changed how many years we've married and how old the kids were and sent it off. I didn't even really look at it. And two days later, we were at Apple Hill with uh, Alicia and Maverick, and I spent an hour on the phone with their pulpit committee. They just called off the cuff, hey, do you got a second to talk, Pastor? I was like, okay. And it was the easiest phone call I had ever had. And then they asked us to come up over Thanksgiving. And they, I said, well, yeah, a free trip to go spend Thanksgiving with Alicia and Dominic and Maverick, yeah. I didn't know that Friday we were going to meet the board and the staff and Saturday have breakfast. I knew that. But what I didn't know was Sunday after service they were going to vote. And they voted unanimously, and I accepted. From the time Bob and I talked... To the time I was voted in was four weeks. And I've talked to several pastors. They've never heard of anything that fast ever. I got to tell you, it was the easiest thing on that side. But it's been the hardest thing on this side. I think the hardest thing, I'm just so thankful I'll get to sleep tomorrow tonight. I didn't like keeping something from you. I am thankful for it went going really quick. I'm thankful for such a supportive board. You have the best board out of the twelve years I've been here, you have the best board. You are well equipped. You are a growing, spiritually mature church. Brett Allen, our superintendent, said to me, "Man, you got a great board." I said, "I know, I know," and I got to start all over again. <laughs> so, on that note, Bob, I'd like to turn it over to you. He, at this point, I will. Only offer assistance. You can come up and grab. I will only as- offer assistance to the board upon them asking, and even at that, I may consult with the district before I offer anything. I really want this. I believe in this church board, and I believe they will do the right things to keep Mount Zion Church going. And I don't think they need me to do that.
1: So, no. <laughs> thanks. Can you give this guy a hand. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for uh, serving us for 12 years and your friendship and your guidance. Um, just overall, um, as far as Pastor Eric and Debbie, um, you know, the 31st will be his last service. We'll be downstairs, and at that point, uh, we'll give him a nice send-off. Um, I just want you to know that. Um, if you feel led, um, it probably shouldn't be announced this in front of you and Debbie, but I am anyway. So anyway, um, You know, in the offerings in the next few weeks, um, we'd like to bless them with a nice going away gift. Um, So if you feel, uh, you know, led to put something in the offering, uh, just designate that for Pastor Eric and Debbie. And uh, we'll take care of that and uh, make sure that we do a presentation on the 31st for it. Also on the 31st, then we'll be all standing over him. And, you know, they'll probably have to wear uh, big jackets because they're going to have hands all over them praying for them as they uh, get ready to leave and go on to their, uh, their new adventure that God's got to happen for them. So uh, I'm going to pray really quick right now, though. This will be like the minor prayer, and then the 31st will be the big prayer, right? Kevin, <laughs> let him know about the district. Yeah, I will after that. Oh, okay. yeah, we're not leaving yet. Anyway, Lord, I just want to pray for uh, Pastor Eric and Debbie. Lord God, I lift them up to you. And, uh, Lord, I just pray a blessing on them. And uh, we're thankful and we believe with all our hearts, our minds and our souls that uh, your hand's in on this, Lord God. And if your hand's in on this, Lord God, then it's going to be nothing but good. It's going to be great things. We pray for the congregation in uh, Missouri, that they're going to be blessed. I know they will be by Pastor Eric and Debbie, Lord God. I just know that they're going to be excited, and um, you're you're bringing a team over there that's going to lift them up and lead that congregation on to great things, Lord Jesus. And we're thankful for that. We're also thankful, Lord God, that you're sovereign and that your hand's in this. And Lord God, and therefore you're going to protect this church, and you're going to bring this church to a new level, mm-hmm. too, and that we'll be going on to new things and crossing a bridge, too, Lord God. You protect your children. You protect your buildings. You protect your church, Lord mm-hmm. God, and we're thankful for that, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Um, as far as the church goes, I just want you to know, um, you know, I've been here since, I think, 97, so uh, this is actually going to be my I guess we're gonna have a fourth pastor that'll be under but the bottom line is is that um, you know what happens on this so um, I have actually been on the change committee or the uh, pulpit committees uh, both times in the last two transitions and we have several board members here that have been here for quite many years and uh, We've kind of done this before, and I don't want to be callous about that, but we have done this before, and uh, what we generally do, I just want you to know is, and uh, be thankful that you're part of the Assembly of God District, and that basically we, uh, Brett Allen came up from uh, the Northern California District, and we had a meeting with them, your board did. And uh, he basically gave us some good steps as far as what the next direction is going to be. So just know what generally happens here is we kind of submit to them a little bit and submit to their leadership. We get guidance from them. We don't turn over the sovereignty of the church. But we get guidance from them, so we're still our church. But, yeah, absolutely. And, God, you respect the authorities, right? And these people are the bosses. I mean, they're good. And, and by the way, Brett Allen, wonderful people down there, Jane Hurden. We've dealt with them before, and they're fantastic. And they care about this church very much. They care about the success of this church. So what goes on is they'll come up alongside us during this uh, process in between Pastor Eric, and then when we transition to a new pastor. And then generally, what they'll do is they'll provide pastors for us to speak on Sunday. They'll do an interim pastor, that type of thing. And then also, maybe even Wednesday nights also. So I want you to know the church will have continuity during this period when Pastor Eric leaves, with basically the assistance and coming alongside of us of the district of the Northern California District of the Assembly of God. So I want you to know things are going to be taken care of. Also want you to know that your board, and your board is uh, Lionel, Back there, we got Jerry around here somewhere. Jerry, right? Yep. And then we have uh, Virgie, who is not with us today, as far as it goes. So basically, uh, we've got a sh- huh? and, Hugh. and Hugh. And Hugh Diltz, who's not here today, too, right? Because he's with Eve. He's having surgery. So you have a board that's committed to make sure that the church is successful. So what's going to go on the next few weeks? So what's going to go on in the next few weeks is we're getting finances in order and everything else. And then we're probably going to get a little bit of a list together. There are going to be some things that we're going to need assistance with, because Pastor Eric and Debbie did a lot here. So there are some things that we want to make sure so that the church has continuity and that the church goes along, that basically things are being done. So we'll get those lists together. We'll probably be talking to you as a congregation. And don't stress out. You know, we don't need a hero ball here. or Somebody doesn't have to do everything, right? We're just going to pitch in. And as a team, we'll take care of it as far as it goes and then we'll take care of the matters and basically it's that way the church does remain its continuity but we do uh, ask you to prayerfully consider what you can do for the church what you can do as far as helping out the church we pray also too that uh, i think you should also be in prayer as far as financing the church too you know i mean we're we're not broke you know i mean but but the church does need finances you know we're gonna need strength and and also i but i really want to say this um i've been here for 26 years and i um You know, I don't want to get too emotional, but this church is my home. Um, And a lot of you have been here decades. A lot of you have been here, some of you have been here one year. Some of you have been here 20 years. Some of you may have been here 30 years. But the bottom line, this is our home. This is our congregation. This is our body. This is who we are. Um, just being around. I know we love each other and like each other. We like worshiping with each other, right? We know God's in the house when we come in here on a weekly basis. We can all feel the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I just want you to kind of reflect on that and take a look at that. Yes, our leader is transitioning, absolutely, you know. But on the other hand, too, is, uh, you know, great man, great pastor, wonderful pastor. But God's big, right? God's going to take care of his house. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I myself have a lot of confidence in this extreme amount of confidence actually. I also have confidence in this body. I have confidence in this board I have confidence in the district that will get this done, and as always, you know the real thing is it 's about the lord right amen i mean that 's where that 's where we go down to is it 's about the Lord. So what I encourage you to do is be in prayer for how you can help out, but also be in prayer too and really try to enjoy. Debbie and Pastor Eric for these last three weeks you know and uh, really the 31st I mean I know there'll be some tears but that should also be a celebration of what's going on okay and again so I want you to know what the hierarchy looks like in the board Lionel because he doesn't like to speak as much, I guess, because I'm more of a blabbermouth. Mm -hmm. He's actually our chairman, so he'll be the chairman, so he'll be the head of the church at this point during the interim period until we have a pastor, right? I'm actually not on the board, but I'll be stepping back on the board January 1st. The board voted me back in. I will be the liaison between this church and the district during that period. And just so you know also, too, I do all the bookkeeping and the counting, so... That's something that doesn't have to be turned over because I'll still be here. Yeah. So anyway, so that'll be happening as far as that goes. And then, of course, you got Hugh, you know, and we got Virgie, and we got Jerry, too. So just know those are your board members. That's who you can talk to. And I just want to tell you the church will have continuity. We'll be fine. God's in on it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, i think the word that our brother gave over there was very timely today Mm -hmm. and i would uh, encourage everybody to pay heed to what those words meant and what god was saying through our brother over there and i think that was basically what this transition looks like and i think god was giving us a direct message there Mm -hmm. and uh, that's all i have to say today is there anything else you want to say
0: yeah i just yeah give our board and bob I will. I just will share with you. It was funny when when I was not in the meeting with the district official, uh, superintendent Brett Allen. Uh, we have, by the way, our district Northern California Nevada district is the largest district in all of the Assemblies of God, and he oversees uh, over 450 churches, 2,500 pastors, and I have a 30-year relationship with 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 uh, Superintendent Brett. But he was so funny. He called me after the meeting. He goes, okay, that was really weird. I came up to your church, and I didn't see you. And he goes, but I want to tell you this, and, 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 and Superintendent Brett does not talk like this, but he did say, I promise we will make sure Mount Zion Church has every possible help it can get to get them moving and rocking and rolling and getting back on track. We will do everything, I promise and I've never heard him talk like that. And all I can tell you is I'm grateful for my brotherhood in the Northern California Nevada District. They've already been contacted by the Northern Missouri District. I've got to introduce myself to a whole new group of pastors that I've known, I've known 30 years, these guys, and now I've got to start all over. But I'll tell you something, it'll be tough to beat this congregation. I'll tell you that much right now. And I want to thank you again for all your support. We will be here probably to the middle of January because we've got to get moving stuff together. The board has been gracious in allowing us to stay till January uh, 31st so that we can get moved out. But I'm supposed to be preaching February 4th. So be in prayer that we're able to get all that together. So thank you again. Why don't I close out service? We can stand to our feet and I'll close out service in another word of prayer. Uh, John, yeah, yeah, Bob, you were right. Thank you for heeding to the Holy Spirit and, uh, and making it so real. I appreciate it and thank you. So Father, thank you for this wonderful congregation. Thank you for the board leadership that is demonstrated here today. Thank you for our district, Lord Jesus. We pray for wisdom. I right now, God, feel it very appropriate to pray for the next pastor of Mount Zion Church, that you bring an amazing person and that you bring a person that right now you are beginning to speak to, that right now you're starting to set up things to make it happen, and that, God, that this person who you bring as the new pastor would just be someone so already prepared because you've been laying the groundwork already. We pray protection over temptation, over sin, over any issues of finances. We pray, God, you bless Mount Zion Church with the ability to attract many different candidates to find the right one. And God, I thank you again for this wonderful church and board. In Jesus' name, the church said. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I, was... I mean, there's been times I feel like giving up.
3: Thank and you. I, did, I just want to throw in Oops, the I need to get to... <laughs> I want to
0: just play a song.
3: Can we talk about love, y'all? If you love Jesus, make some noise.
0: Okay. Hopefully they'll make some noise.
3: If you love Jesus.